Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. It is March 18th. I'm David Gasper, joined by my co-host Matt Carroll, and we are the editors at ReviewingTheBrew.com. Got a great episode lined up for, lined up for you today. Uh, joining us on the Cold Brew Podcast this week is the recently retired uh, former Brewers legend, Tim Dillard. Joining us here, making some some funny faces on the call, <laughs> trying to distract me there. I'm just trying but... to interrupt your, yeah, trying to mess up your intro, oh. sorry. Oh, man. Dilly, Still I'm, I'm a professional yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Get it together, man. Yeah. yeah. I got, got to just block it out, just, just, just kind of, just, just blocking the camera. Just yeah. zen yourself, center. You got Centers. this. Yeah. Good. Well, Joining is this video? us on the Cold Brew yeah, Podcast video, this I can, week. I can, yeah. Oh no, it's fine. <laughs> then you're not selling. It I wish me. it was video at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that would be something. Yeah. Oh, it's no video. Oh, oh, yeah. no. So, I'll you know, be more we're, descriptive. We're the only ones who saw your shenanigans. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I got it. I got it. All right. Yeah. Now I'm ready. All right. Now you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's too late. We're already going. Uh, this ship oh. has sailed. Uh, all right, so uh, we are a one take operation here. Yeah, we're yeah. all in one go. Uh, all right, so Dilly, uh, you have been yeah. uh, retired here for a few days. Uh, how how is how is retirement going? Yeah, kind of the kind of the same as is not being retired. Um, <laughs> just sit, sitting at home, sitting at home doing nothing. Uh, yeah, but that's I'm I'm totally regretting it. Thinking about you know getting the glove and and <laughs> getting back out there. <laughs> So I don't know. Uh, I made a horrible decision. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> milk was a good. bad choice. <laughs> milk was a bad choice. Oh man! How did you officially know it was time outside of being like me and being born in the glorious year of 1983? Ooh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I my wife told me. <laughs> 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 you're done playing ball no actually um as of a couple of weeks ago i mean i was i was still throwing bullpens planning on spring trainings kicking up uh april 1st for minor league camp and uh yeah that's what i was that was my goal that's what i was going towards and uh i was presented with a, another opportunity and at this stage in my life i'm like yeah this is probably a great idea so yeah i had to i retired uh but luckily you know there's a lot of guys in my position that you know, they don't get the choice in that way where, you know, they have an elbow injury or shoulder injury or knee injury, something like that. And so, um, as far as I can tell, I mean, I don't ever stop taking ibuprofen, but if I did, I'm sure there'd be some, <laughs> some stuff, but, um, yeah, as of now, I mean, I I'm getting out of the game, still able to throw batting practice to my kids and, and play catch with them. So yeah, feeling good. So you were presented with another opportunity and yes, you're declining. <laughs> Yeah, well, if you already know what's going to happen, and this comes yeah. out, you know, after that happens, then I'm still not going to say anything. Uh, so, so the so the news is going to come out before this this episode mm -hmm. airs, and you're still not going to tell us about it. You know, you can say a lot about Tim Dillard, but he he keeps his secrets. He mm -hmm. does. Yeah, close to the chest. It's always always that way. No, I. It's not, I mean, I'm excited for it. I don't expect anyone else to be excited for it, but I'm just excited, you know, for something, for something new. I love baseball, did it for, you know, 18 years professionally. And 
Um, little sad to, to walk away, but I'm not even diving into that, right? Like, I'm not even trying to go down that rabbit hole of, you know, oh, what could have been or should have been like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go, all right, what's my next thing to do and, uh, and go after that full throttle. So I'm excited. It's coming out soon and I can't wait. I've been holding onto the secret for well over five or six days. So huh. <laughs> yeah, that is tough. <laughs> it's been eating inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that news coming out, it should be, it should be pretty exciting. And, you know, you can have the, you know, self-deprecating uh, jokes all you want, but um, I, I think a lot of Brewers fans are, are going to be pretty excited. And I mean, you've been, you've been with the Brewers organization for most of your career. You're drafted twice by the Brewers back in 2001 out of high school. And then in 2002, uh, out of community college, a part of that vaunted uh, 2002 Brewers draft class. With, headed by yourself and Prince Fielder. Oh, yeah. um, so do, do you remember <laughs> your uh, your draft day and, and, and that kind of uh, excitement? I, I know it's it's a ways back there. Yeah. Uh, my, when I got drafted out of high school in 01, I uh, actually had to go to a friend's house because they had the World Wide Web ah. and um, <laughs> had a computer. And uh, yeah, I didn't really know what to do. So that's what I did. I, I uh, sat there and hit refresh all the entire draft. You know, they didn't have studio 42, like they do on MLB network or they bring people in. It wasn't that big a deal. It wasn't trying to be like the NFL or anything. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the way it was. And I was refreshing and I was, you know, it was like the first round, you know, and I'm hitting refresh and the phone rings and, um, I pick it up and the guy's like, Hey, we just drafted you. And I'm like, Holy cow. They're like, yeah, I'm with the Milwaukee Brewers. And I'm like, oh. and, uh, he said, we drafted you in the 15th round. And I'm like, gum, this refresh. <laughs> I'm on round one. <laughs> and here I am thinking, I just went first round, baby. Yeah, no, that was not the case. Uh, yeah, slow computer, you know, dial up. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, 15th round. That's how I found out that time. And I uh, actually had my left shoulder was hurt, so I, I didn't sign. But the Brewers knew that. And they took a chance on me as a draft and follow to kind of follow up with me later on. And then, uh, yeah, the second time I got drafted in 02, um, I think I was at my parents' house maybe, or maybe they called my dorm. I don't know if, I don't know if I was in college at the time or what, but, uh, I got a call and it was, this guy goes, is this Tim Dillard? And I'm like, yes. Uh, who is this? And there's like, oh, this is Larry Aaron. It's Hank Aaron's, you know, Oh my God. Son. And he's, he was a scout for the Brewers. I think he still is. Um, and he goes, just want to let you know, we drafted you as a catcher in the 34th round. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. And that was it. <laughs> I was like, Okay. Uh, didn't think much about it. And then, uh, my second year in junior college, I, uh, I was catching really good. I was hitting really good. And towards the end of the season, I started pitching. So, uh, there were some scouts popping in and out. You remember team, uh, the expos expos, I think uh, were, yeah. were out there. Uh, this was 40 years ago, <laughs> <laughs> really dating yourself. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, but there was like four scouts, like Marlins, uh, Royals, maybe, uh, Indians, maybe, uh, Brewers, Anyway, there was there were some scouts out there, which was great because it was a small junior college in Mississippi, and uh, we were winning. We won. We went to the Junior College World Series, and so the Brewers actually only had one day to sign me after our season was over. We were in Millington, Tennessee, uh, which is USA Stadium. That's where USA baseball team would practice, mm -hmm. um, which is interesting because Frank Thomas followed me on Twitter the other day, and he has a, a home run that he hit off this tower that's in center field. It's like 500 feet away. Oh, <laughs> Whole God. other story. Um, and I messaged him and told him uh, that I've, I've seen that tower, that he hit a home run. Anyway, uh, but anyway, <laughs> we, we lost in this game, you know, and I was like, I got to find the phone and call the scout. So our scout, uh, uh, Doug Reynolds, 
is now the, I don't know what he is, director of scouting or something with the Brewers. No, he's not director. He's a, he's a something, something he's a, he's been up there, you know, oh, yeah. in, the, in the brass department. And uh, so I called his cell phone from like a payphone <laughs> and was like, Hey, our season's over. Uh, you know, and he's like, all right, I'll be at your house tomorrow. So I show up at my house and uh, he has like, he's there like 12 hours negotiating on what I would sign for. But he told me, he's like, we're not going to draft you or we're not going to sign you as a, as a catcher. We want to sign you as a pitcher. We think you're going to have a long uh, career as a pitcher. And I was just like, what? Uh, but he was right. He was right. It is 18 years later. So yeah, it was, it was fun times. <laughs> long career. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then after that um, it's time to officially start your illustrious minor league career. Yeah. So what was, what was that shift? Like, like you're, you're in college, um, you get signed and now you're officially in the minors trying to kind of start your way as a pitcher, really kind of, kind of turning your career in that direction. So what was it like at the start? Yeah, I, it's, it's strange because, um, you know, they had guns like the college gun when I was in college. And so the, one of the games I pitched, you know, I'm supposedly hit 95 or 96 and, um, you know, had, a, had, had a couple of good games there and, you know, throwing hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then six days later, I'm in Arizona for extended spring training. I'm throwing a bullpen. I'm throwing like 90 miles an hour, you know, and they're like, Whoa, says here, you're supposed to throw 96. And I'm sitting there going, this is about what it looked like then. Right. <laughs> like I'm not doing, <laughs> not doing anything different. Um, but you go and, you know, you, you play in these high pressure moments and then all of a sudden you're throwing on a backfield with nobody around, uh, you know, it changes things a little bit. And so there was a time I'm like, man, I'm not very good. Like if I ever thought I was good, I just realized I'm not very good. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of the, the paradigm shift at a lot of times for players, because, um, you know, you're, you're used to playing at this high level, whatever. And then all of a sudden you're playing in rookie ball where you just had a bus trip for 10 hours and you're playing in front of 50 people and, um, you know, it's freezing, you know, or it's rainy or whatever. So it's never ideal. But for some reason, when you're a young guy going, you know, transitioning in that way, you always think everything's going to be perfect. And yeah, it's just not the case. Yeah, and then, I mean, you end up working through all that and, and ending up getting to the big leagues a couple of years later, making your uh, debut in, in 2008. Um, so do, do you remember that, uh, like that call up, getting the call or your manager telling you and, and how did that go down? Sure. I, uh, I was in, in Nashville. We we're about to go on a road trip to Memphis to play the Redbirds. And uh, Frank Kremlis was my manager. He calls me up. It's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, well, it's you know six in the morning. I'm, uh, I'm packing my bag because we're about to go to Memphis. He goes, okay, well, pack your bag, but you're not going to Memphis. He's like, come to the field, get your bag and go to the airport. And I was like, okay, oh, you're going to DC. You're going to Washington, DC to meet with the team. Uh, you've been called up to the big leagues. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. He's like, okay, bye. And uh, so I was like, honey, like you won't believe this. I, uh, I just got called up to the big leagues and she's like, that's nice. You know? And like, she sleeps. I'm like, wake up, <laughs> go into DC, pack a bag, you know, like you, yeah, she, she was asleep. So yeah. So we fly to DC and, um, got there kind of late. I don't know if it, I can't remember if it was like a late flight or what, but we got there kind of late. She went straight to the team hotel. I went straight to the field. Cab driver drops me off at the wrong side of the stadium. I'm trying to wear a suit and look professional, right? You always hear the stories. Like, you get called up, you better have a suit. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's May in Washington, D.C. It's like 90-something degrees, and I've already sweated through this thing. <laughs> like, I don't know what color it was supposed to be, but it was like a dark navy <laughs> by the end of the day. Um, 
but I'm carrying this bag. I'm, 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 you know, finally got into the stadium. They wouldn't even let me in the stadium. I didn't have any credentials. It was basically like my word. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm wearing a suit and I have a bag. And they're like, okay, we'll let you in this time. And I'm like, thanks. This seems, you know, unsafe, but sure. So yeah, I show up to the clubhouse and uh, they're like, you're late. And I was like, I know. So I throw my stuff on. I go play catch with Marcus Handel, come and change my jersey. I got to be back out for the anthem. And uh, did the anthem, went to the bullpen, watched the game for a little while. They call down, get Dillard going. I go into the game, I pitch, I go and I sit in the dugout and I'm like, okay, that was it. That was, it was over. Um, didn't, couldn't really at the time remember anything that happened. But as I started looking back, I started realizing I did some pretty weird stuff. Like I went out to the mound and it was Jason Kendall was my catcher. And, um, and he was going over the signs. Hey, what do you want to do? You know, you know, one, three wiggle. Okay. And uh, he goes, all right, let's go. And I was like, okay, let's do this. You know, like a, like a really emphatic, like, yeah, you know, and I, we could have been down <laughs> by 10 runs. I have no idea. I can't remember, but I was just like, that was a little too exuberant, you know, like I just, and so he kind of takes a double look when he's going back to home plate and he's talking to the umpire, the umpire's laughing. He's pointing at me while I'm warming up. I'm like, this is not a way to start things off. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I got through it, I guess, but, uh, and it struck out Aaron Boone. So yeah. Mm. It was, I didn't know any of this. I didn't know any of this. I think I thought I got a guy out and I'm looking around and I went to go get the ball from Bill Hall, who was playing third. And he was just like looking at the ball. He's like, no, no, he threw it out. And I'm like, oh, it must've been a scuff on the ball, you know, got another one. And then you just don't know anything when you're out there, right? It's going so fast. And uh, I just wanted to get through it, make it look like I'd done it before. And that's pretty much it. That was me. (laughs) (laughs) So now that means actually you were a part of both uh, teams that made the playoffs there in those few years, the 2008 team uh, where you played yeah. 13 games and the 2011 game team where you appeared in 24. What are your memories Correlation? Guess, of those yes. two? Oh. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, only so many players can say that. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, yeah. No, the, the 2008 was, was awesome. Um, but during the wild card game, I had to sit in the clubhouse. So I just sat in there and ate cheesesteaks, but uh, 2011, <laughs> I got to like, you know, sit in the bullpen and, you know, be a part of the team, even though I wasn't on the roster, I, you know, couldn't wear spikes or take my glove, but um, I took the candy bag. So that was a thing, but just, just to be a part of it was awesome. I mean, I mean, it's, it's special. It's something that just sticks with you forever. That's why, you know, I see your sweatshirt, 2011 uh, central division champs. Yeah. I got one of those. It's in the garage. It's not a big deal. <laughs> no big deal. I, I have one of the the streamers from that season, just you know, hanging in my room, you know. After the there might still be one at um, hanging in the rafters, <laughs> hanging there for like ever. I don't, I yeah. doubt it's still there. It's been so long, but uh, yeah, there was some of those things stuck up there. Yeah, imagine that being your job to go all the way up there just to get down a couple of streamers. Yeah, it's, like, it's up there. Yeah, you can barely see it. Yeah, it's death-defying, but you need to get up there. Okay, yeah, yeah right on it, sir. Is it, isn't this some sort of OSHA <laughs> violation? I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> yeah. How do I get it? I don't know. Get creative. Well, we had uh, uh, Mark, uh, Marco Estrada used to you know, fly the drones inside the dome. And, oh, really? Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. But that, they put a, you know, they told everyone to stop doing that. Drones are like illegal now around Major League Baseball. But at the time, mm. we didn't know any better. We're just flying the little planes around having a great time that's the big leagues you can do stuff like that's crazy yeah until you're trevor bauer and it nearly cuts your finger off yeah yeah but you still get deals so that's true <laughs> you still get the money yeah nearly lost how many kids finger. went out and like got their fingers cut 
on drones so they could be like him. It's like Spider-Man. You know, you watch Spider-Man, you're like, I'm going to go get bit by a spider. Where's this? Here, spider. <laughs> this will work. It's false advertising. There's no correlation. <laughs> yeah, no. I drank a Red Bull and I didn't grow any wings. What's up with this? <laughs> yeah, false advertising. Now, I do have one question for you. You do have one career MLB hit to your credit. Um, yep. Do you remember that hit? I do. And the game that I it do. came in. Um, well, sadly, I've already been on a podcast talking about it. So uh, ah. it is, it's very fresh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I came into a game. I, I don't know if I screwed something up or not. Um, usually if a pitcher has to hit, uh, you know, if you're not the starter, you kind of screwed something up. Uh, but anyway, I ended up getting in at bat. I think it was Jorge Campillo. And um, yeah, threw a, I was swinging no matter what. And there was a fastball up. We we're playing the Braves. And I mean, I just swung and I swung right through it. And I was like, whole. Oh. I was like, that was gas. I was like, that's probably like 96. And, uh, you know, the ribbon board right above home plate. So I'm like, I'm like looking backwards, looking up. And it's like 87, like 86. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, what? I'm not very good. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I need to get, you know, get going a little sooner right here. Um, but the guy threw a changeup. And so there's, you know, the video I have, I think I have it on a, somewhere uh where i'm just going to swing and then i just completely you know slam on the brakes with the bat and i'm like oh, and it ends up becoming a check swing and i just kind of do a little dinker over first baseman's head mark Teixeira, remember him mm -hmm. uh, he played with the braves a lot of people forget and uh anyway got a single out of it i was like holy cow i just got a hit and uh Teixeira was like oh is that your is that your first hit and i was like yeah it's my first at bat and he's like man congratulations and i was like I was like, thanks. I wish I would have seen it, you know? <laughs> so I have this video of me and Mark Teixeira sharing a laugh. So it's special. I don't know where it is. I think it's in Aww. a drawer. Uh, nope, that's not search it. For it. Nope. <laughs> you got the ball. Yeah, that time. Tomorrow I have, yeah, I have time on my hands. I just, you know, retired. <laughs> <laughs> just recently for the, for the second time. Yeah. For the, yeah always retiring people have been so nice though so yeah i may retire again soon yeah <laughs> you uh you do a lot of golf I, I know a lot of pitchers uh golf so are you gonna do that maybe a bit more in your retirement no i i, I don't think i've ever played a full round of golf ever uh oh. went to the driving range one time but i don't know i just never got into it, it seems like a very expensive hobby and i just didn't have that much time in the big leagues you know <laughs> <laughs> I, can, right. I can afford to do all that kind of stuff, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't have the patience for it. Um, I don't read books, you know, that kind of stuff. I just, I just, I like movies and, um, yeah. you know, that, 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 uh, visualness of doing stuff, but I don't know. I need to come up with a hobby. I do have a guitar on my wall and I, I can I play a little bit. Ah. Yeah. yeah. So I need to, I need to get on that. Yeah. You big movie guy. Uh, you excited for Godzilla versus Kong coming up in a couple weeks here? Yeah, but I'm asked um, Godzilla movie, so I need to get on that. I think uh, maybe I didn't. I need to go back and rewatch them. Right now, I'm rewatching all the the Batman, uh, Superman, Wonder uh, Woman yeah. uh, movies yeah. to get ready for the Snyder cut um, oh, that I'm yeah. probably going to illegally watch on my phone. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, government. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. The government I, are I, big. I like listeners. the. I like. Yeah, yeah. yeah number one listener. <laughs> Yeah. US.gov. Oh. <laughs> uh, I got my own assigned FBI guy. No. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. They're listening right now. You ever do the thing where it's like, 
uh, like you're walking through the kitchen, you got an Alexa or your, your phone Siri, and you'll say something. And then all of a sudden you get an ad for it, like on Facebook or something. Oh yeah. Is that ever happened mm-hmm. to you? Oh yeah. yeah so way too a, much. I, yeah. I made a joke about, uh, Carabas, right? Like, um, somebody was asking me about this or my wife was trying to figure out like this Italian place. She's like, Oh, it just opened. It's, um, it's off of this road, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh, I was like that authentic place. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, Carabas. And she was like, no. And we laughed, you know, ha Tim's funny sometimes. <laughs> and then like an hour later on my phone, I, there's like an ad that's like, come eat at Carabas. You know, I'm like, what? <laughs> Where is it? They're, they're listening. They're listening. They are. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we had a great time at Carabas. <laughs> <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get the chicken, uh, Brian. It's really good. Ah, uh, anyway. Yeah. Anyways. Um. All right. So, and then uh, fast forwarding, kind of through uh, into 2012. There, uh, your final big league game. Uh, I'm not sure how much. Uh, do Do you remember that? And and kind of the weird circumstances of, of your final big league game. No. Um. I don't. I. Uh, yeah. I have no idea. That's crazy. So, well, you don't ever know so, when it's going to be, right? So right, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> now that now that you've retired, you know when it was. <laughs> I'm about to find out when. What was it? When it was, it was, it was July, right before the All Star break. Yeah, it was right before the All Star break in 2012, July 7th. It was the game that Zach Grinky got tossed after four pitches because he he, he gave yeah. up the tripper the triple to to Jordan Schaefer and then Jose Altuve hit an infield single to first base and like, and Altuve, like just base. barely beat it out. Yeah. And Grinky slammed the ball down on the ground after the play because he was so mad at himself. And first base umpire, Sam yeah. thought he was mad at the call. So he ejected him. And that was four pitches into the game. And, you know, <laughs> it had to be like Levon Hernandez and, and a whole bunch of guys in the bullpen finishing that out. And that was the start of Zach Greinke starting the next, starting three straight games for the Brewers, July seventh, and then started the next game, and then started the next first day, game yeah. after the All Star break. Yeah, that makes sense. I uh, I forgot about that. I didn't know that was my last game in the big leagues. Man, I want to cry a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a very interesting day. So, you know, I, I've just always been this guy of like, I'm just in case. Like, you always got to be ready. You always got to be ready as a pitcher, especially if you know your role. Like they're not going to, you know, nowadays they're not going to rush Josh Hader. Hey, get Hader going in the second. Like that's just not going to happen. He mm-hmm. he's, you know, high pri- uh, high profile guy. And, you know, they're not going to use him that way, but I've never been that. So I'm always ready. So when that moment happened and Grinky got tossed, it was me and Marcus Hanel and, um, and, uh, I forgot who the bullpen coach was. Stan Kyles, I think, was the bullpen coach at the time. So it's just us three sitting in the bullpen in Houston, like in the little dungeon under there. Mm-hmm. No other pitchers. So I'm like, here's my shot. You know, this is the <laughs> earliest I've ever been in a game. You know, uh, there's no outs. You know, it's the first inning. I'm like, this is unbelievable. I was like, I guess I need to go get throwing. But um, they have a really loud uh, bullpen phone. It's like a horn. It's just like, Bruh. So I run down and I grab it and they're just like, they're asking everybody, is Cameron Lowe down there? No. Is, you know, Manny Parr down? No. They're asking, is LeVon down? No. Like everybody they're at, like, who's down there? And I'm like, you got, you got me, you got Dillard. That's about it. And they're like, all right, we'll call back. I can pitch for you. (laughs) 
but so and then here comes axford and uh cameron low they were like running down while all this was going because like i think renicky got tossed too he was out there arguing so bought us some time um you know and there's guys like trickling to the bullpen like real like you could tell guys are just shuffling to get ready like they're running down there like what is going on and uh and i'm like do i need to get loose so i'm kind of throwing like am i so here's the story from the clubhouse the clubhouse is levon <laughs> hernandez is sitting by his locker not even dressed right just sitting there no jersey on no pants he's just watching the game on tv and uh and grinky spikes the ball gets tossed and he goes well that's my cue <laughs> <laughs> puts his pants on puts his jersey on and uh it, it tightens his spikes grabs his glove walks out and the story from the dugout is he just walks from the clubhouse up the steps to the dugout up the steps to the field and just puts himself in the game on the mound like <laughs> that's the kind of guy he was i love that guy that guy's fantastic he just goes out there and ends up throwing like three or four innings it's unbelievable like yeah. who does who puts himself in a game you know, like that just doesn't happen. And, and it did. And I didn't know that was my last big league game. So I don't even know if I pitched in that game. I guess yeah. I had to eventually. Right? Yeah. yeah. You, you threw an inning there um, in the, in the seventh, you gave up a single to, to JD Martinez and you struck out Chris Johnson. Um, that that yeah. was the, uh, the final one there. Deserved it. Wait, who is that? Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Take that. Yeah. I'm sure he's thinking about that right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's on the podcast. He's on a podcast too, going, it was Dillard. It was Dillard. That was the toughest pitcher I ever faced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Aaron Boone is saying I just kidding. after you struck him out. <laughs> yeah. He recovered though. He recovered though. He yeah. he uh probably had a hard time after I struck him out, but he and you know went on to do things and you know manage the Yankees. So good for him. Yeah to overcome. For sure. So it's a lesson out there, kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Perseverance. Yeah, uh, perseverance. Yeah, there you so. go. Never give up. Yeah, so, so Levon Hernandez there to just kind of put himself mm-hmm. in, the, in the game. And that's it's awesome. Yeah, completely awesome. And then, I mean, with Creaky kind of getting thrown out there and then uh, starting three straight games, there was an article in The Athletic the other day of just guys telling their Zach Greinke stories of just like the weirdest things. Like Jonathan Lucre had a couple in there. Sure. You were there with the, with the Brewers with, with Zach Greinke for 2011-2012. Do you have any Zach Greinke stories? I love Zach. Zach's awesome. Um you know, a lot of, like he, you know, he's just not outgoing, right? Like right. he's just like, I don't know why people seem to think like everybody should be the same person, but he's great. Great teammate. Really nice. Um, I guess I got a couple. One time we were stretching in spring training and uh, cars, like I didn't know, you know, I don't know anything about cars. I've been driving the same car like my entire career. So like, <laughs> I don't, I don't care about cars, whatever, but he was, he brought up something. We we're talking about cars and I was just like, well, what do you drive? And he says, oh, I drive a Chevy Avalanche. And I was like, is that the one that looks like, like a duck boat? Like, it looks like one of those like cars that can like just drive into the water and like float like a boat. He's like, what? And I was like, right. It's got small tires. Have you seen one of these avalanches? Anyway, that's what he drove. I was like, I'm doing the math. I'm like, you got like $50 million. You drive a Chevy avalanche. Like, all right. I mean, I've been driving like a, I'd be driving, but okay, cool. Chevy avalanche. Um, I always thought that was kind of strange. Like you can have any car that exists and that's what you go with. Um, another one trying to think of a good one. All right. So (laughs) I don't know what year it was. I think 2011, I don't know where this came from, but I decided to just be the guy in the clubhouse that buys shirts. I don't know why. Um, cause it started out, I was somewhere and I saw a shirt about mustaches and I bought it for Axford cause he was doing the mustache thing at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he'd wear it around the clubhouse and I'm like, yeah, cause everybody, 
wears a cool shirt in the clubhouse. The first person I saw do it, um, Dickie, well, with the Mets, he always wore a different, uh, like Bruce Lee shirt every time he <laughs> pitched. Like that was his thing. He wore these different shirts. And so I just thought, oh, that's so cool. And so every time I saw a shirt of somebody, I would buy it. Um, trying to think who has uh, Gomez. Uh, I bought him a flash shirt. You know, I saw this cool flash shirt. He had to cut the sleeves. <laughs> he cut the sleeves out of it. Of course, you know, <laughs> get the right. sleeves off me. Typical uh, go-go. But anyway, that's yeah, Carlos. I mean, he's yeah, he's he's so fast and it was just like a really good like it almost looked like him running in this t-shirt. And um, I don't know, I just started going around the clubhouse doing that. This is gonna sound awful, but it's funny. At least at the time. I, I don't know if it's funny now. Uh, but I got I got Grinky. I got because he always ate cereal. This guy, he would always eat cereal. And I love cereal. So like, you know, most of the moments we had, we'd just be sitting there eating cereal. He probably didn't even know I existed, but I, we would be you know, in the kitchen eating cereal. And, uh, and, and like, you could just tell no one else ate cereal, but we ate cereal. And so I just thought, well, here's a cool shirt I found online. So I ordered it and it was, it had a bowl of cereal with a spoon and it said cereal killer on it. <laughs> like there's cereal and you're like, you're killing it because you're eating so much. Right. That's, that was, mm-hmm. and, uh, so anyway, the way I deliver these shirts to different people is I put it on their, I always get to the field early, usually before anybody else. The only person I never got to beat was Jason Kendall, but pretty much everyone else I'd beat to the field. And, uh, so I'd put the, put this shirt on their chair and, uh, and then I'd, I'd hide and I'd wait for them to see it. And they'd look around like who put this on there. And I'd be like, yeah, just to be funny. <laughs> and, uh, I put it on there and he just, he was looking at like his iPad when he walked in. And so he went and he sat down and like never saw the shirt and it fell like in the crack of the seat and then like never saw. And then I watched later on a clubby like hung it up in his locker. So anyway, that was like June. So we get eliminated in playoffs (laughs) in October. Right. And uh, he's, he's like one of the first ones packed up, ready to leave. And he walks into the kitchen, a bunch of guys sitting around. I think I was eating cereal and he was just like, Hey, uh, had a great time. Good luck, everybody. He goes to turn and he stops and he turns around and goes, Oh, Hey, Dilly, thanks for the shirt. And I was like, all right, Zach, you got it, man. And then that was it. He left. <laughs> wow. I don't know. Yeah. It was like four months, you know, delayed, but yeah, anyway, he just never saw it, I, but that's the, that just shows you the focus of this guy. Like he just can mm. step it up a notch that other people just can't even dream of. And anyway, he's awesome. That was real like really long you can edit all that out <laughs> oh no that's great <laughs> oh man yeah grinky's he's just zach grinky like i don't know of any other way to put it he's just he's zach grinky yeah but that's a good thing though like i, oh, I have yeah. kids i got three kids and i don't try to tell them i don't tell them to be like anybody else like i want them to be that like don't try to you know conform and be like oh i want to be like that person like be yourself like that's a special and unique thing and I mean, Grinky's one of the most unique guys I've ever been around. Yeah. Did you see the story of when he went up to to Jonathan Lucroy and he's like, if I tried, I could be a better catcher than you are. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, poor Lucroy. Yeah. That, I mean, that that's that's Grinky though. I mean, and the guy can hit. Right. So like yeah. if you gave him the chance to play a different position, if he can't, if he retired as a pitcher and was like, no, nah, I'm going to go play second base. I think he'd be really good. I think he'd be a big league second baseman or whatever he decided to do just because yeah. I don't know there, he knows how to prepare. He knows what he can and can't do. 
he's very definitive in that way. Some people try to trick themselves. And I think he, if he says it, then he probably truly believes it and can probably do it. So yeah. I'd throw to him. <laughs> so. Now at, at some point after all of that, we were introduced to the Tim Dillard online persona. Just <laughs> How, how did, how did that develop? I mean, I mean, I know you've got a lot of, you've got some, your spare time down in the minor leagues, but I, I guess at what point did you decide to like yep. really kind of start to run with it? Let's put it that way. Yeah. Oh, the Tim Dillard experience. Nobody asked for it, but it happened. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I, I, uh, I don't know. I always grew up loving movies and, and me and my brothers would make uh, videos for our grandparents, like with the VCR, you know, the VHS tape, the big camcorder that fits on your shoulder. Um, I don't know. We would make these, we would do songs or commercials and basically what we do now we can do on a phone as opposed to this giant thing tethered to the VCR. And, um, I don't know, that was really fun. Grew up doing that. And so in 2015, I came across the dub smash app where it gives you the audio of different movies or TV or commercials or songs. And, uh, you just, you know, mouth the words. And I'm like, I've been doing this my whole what I have to say. Someone else has said where I get to act like it. Like, that's what is funny. So yeah, I started making, I made like 50 dub smash videos in about 24 hours after I found that app. And then I, it kind of went from there. I did found out, like I found better ways to do it. The dub smash app is garbage now. And so I found out better ways to, you know, steal stuff from the internet and, and, and fake it. And um, yeah, lots of copyright infringement, but it's just for the sheer, you know, entertainment value and, uh, and to share moments with teammates because we have a good time. And I'm surprised how many people actually um, want it to be in videos because you start putting a camera up in the clubhouse. There's a lot of like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Uh, but we had so much fun behind the scenes that people were like, oh yeah, I'll, I want to do that. And that looks like fun. Who are some of your more yes. willing participants yeah. uh, in your videos down in the minors? Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Wren was awesome. Um, Jay Chapman, he was good. Uh, but even like Brandon Woodruff, you know, I would interview him a lot. He was such a good sport. Uh, was in a lot of videos, sneaky, a lot of videos. His first one, he was in a Taylor Swift video <laughs> in spring training. And I don't even know what year that was probably like spring training 2016. Um I'm trying to think who else. I mean, it's, it's everybody, right? Suter is probably, you know, head honcho in all of this of because not only was he, you know, did these videos with me years ago, but he's like an awesome pitcher and he's still the same guy, right? Like he doesn't, he's not afraid to be out there uh, because he's secure in who he is and, and what he's trying to do out there. So I don't know. Suter's, he's pretty good. He's pretty good, but there were some sneaky guys. I mean, there was a lot, I had a lot of uh, actors that were, that were really good over the years. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Suter's been in a couple of the the major league ones too, with the the Mean Girls remake and then the Back to the Future remake that they had. I was hoping the that they'd get you what? back there to to spring training to get you in some with there with Suter, but got, got to revive the MILB network that you had going there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember it. somebody was asking about something. I was like, "Well, there is no MI." It was like 2014, and I was like, "There is no MILB network." And somebody laughed, and I'm like. I'm gonna write that down so i blogged it because blogs were i guess big then everyone had a blog but now i've upgraded to a podcast because nobody has a podcast right right uh, <laughs> not us <laughs> yeah yeah not everybody but the, no um yeah i i don't know i just 
I, I would, I always come up with ideas. And so then I, I run with them until I don't feel like they're good anymore. So I appreciate that thinking it was a good idea for MILB network. Oh <laughs> yeah. have to revive it. Was, it. <laughs> yeah. It, it was one of the most fun things on, on Twitter. I think my favorite one was probably the, uh, the yo mama jokes with Brett Phillips. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anytime you had Brett Phillips and could get him laughing there, it was, it's high quality content. Yeah. He's a good dude. He has such a fascinating story too. He's, He's uh he's an impressive individual. I've seen him do some stuff on a baseball field that, I mean, I, you, you just, you, you, you just sit back and go, how is that even possible? Um, but he, yeah, he's such a good friend. And every time I'm like, Hey man, will you do this? He's like way ahead of me. He's like, yes, we're going to do this, but we're going to do this. And I'm like, Oh yes, let's do that. So yeah, it turned into all the yo mama jokes. And I, we asked permission to make sure, you know, our moms didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> very important that was the most important thing yeah yeah no moms were heard in the making of this video <clears throat> oh man yeah and then um and then phillips having the the walk-off there in game four of the world series that was insane that's unbelievable i mean not really uh i was sitting there watching it and i'm like man what a moment to have like if he can get the bat on the ball right here Mm-hmm. Um, it like this is a game changer and then just all the theatrics that happened after that it's like oh mm-hmm. overload you know uh, but he had a perfect response like just turn the bag and just run into the outfield I've only seen that one other time Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fascinating uh, gotta yeah. be Brewers fans who are the second happiest group of fans for Brett Phillips that night right like yeah who's rooting for the Dodgers right guy. there come on no. well yeah back to it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I you know one thing that the Brewers I don't think get enough credit is, is for is just because I've been around them for so long, they do such a great job. And I don't know who's you know put this in motion, but they do such a great job of getting good people. Um, I mean, it goes from like scouting department, like which guys they look at. Uh, it goes for development, like all the coaching staff and um, the front office. I mean, even like media. I've done stuff in media or broadcasting or whatever. Like pretty much everybody I've encountered in the organization is just a phenomenal human being. And um, not to say that it's not like that everywhere, but there's been six year free agents that come over going, the environment that is in this organization is not everywhere. It's not normal. It is fantastic. This is a great place. And so, um, yes. So someone like Brett Phillips, instant fan fr- favorite with the Brewers, people are probably sad to see him go. And then he goes and does something awesome like that. Like, yes, you absolutely, you have to root for him. You have to. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And so many guys like that. And, and that's really kind of, you know, just looking over the past, like several years, just the, the teams have been so much fun that the clubhouse culture um, is something that it really kind of seems like they've been focusing on, on building it. And it's, it's really kind of worked. And that's where you have maybe some of these teams playing better than like the whole is better than the sum of its parts because of what, of what they have there with the clubhouse and, and having such great guys. Yeah, I think it stems from um, I feel like I feel like Ron Renicky really brought that mentality. He probably got it from Mike Stosha with the Angels um, and then Council. I feel like Council was kind of the ringleader when he was a player of like calling guys up in spring training, asking basically getting getting them out of their comfort zone and letting them know that that's OK. Like we're, you're going to kind of expose yourself to us and in return, you get everything from respect you get the friendships, you get all this stuff and uh, just to get to know people. So, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of culture is, it, it, it just, it's compound interest. It just gets better and better. So like, I would like to think that some of the stuff that 
you know, council was involved in as a player with the Brewers is paying dividends now that he's a manager with players that are just coming in the organization now. Uh, Cause you don't just create something like that overnight. It takes time. Yeah. It's something that, like you said, has really kind of, you know, worked wonders and a big part of that, I think also as well has been um, Ryan Braun. Cause he's been a, a part of that clubhouse and a part of that group for uh, so long. And he's, he's kind of been um, one of the key pieces in that clubhouse for, uh, 14 years and you've played with Braun uh, you, you came up with them through the through the minor leagues there a little bit uh, and Braun was back in uh, Maryvale uh, this week and talking about retirement and you know how he's leaning towards retiring and, and but it's leaving the door open to playing uh, you've been retired for about a week now uh, g- yeah yeah, yeah. What, g- <laughs> give them your thoughts on uh, on what retiring from baseball uh, uh, is like yeah don't do it no um <laughs> I mean, I mean, he, yeah, he's, you know, he got, he got huge contracts or whatever. Like if he wants to retire and do nothing, then go for it. Right. Like just don't do nothing. Right. That's the dream. Somebody's like, Hey, what's your dream? My dream is to do nothing. (laughs) Like I'm not going (laughs) to lie to you. Uh, But yeah, that, you know, if that's what he wants to do, then he can easily do that. If he wants to keep playing, I think he still could. I don't see why, you know, somebody, the guy can hit when he's healthy, he can hit Mm -hmm. and that there's no question about that. So um, I mean, I think it had a lot to do with maybe the universal DH, like mm-hmm. maybe, maybe the brewer, I don't know if the timing of this, cause I've kind of been out of the loop. <laughs> I've been retired for a while. Um, <laughs> but like he, he was probably waiting to see the brewers are probably waiting to see if there's going to be universal DH. Like maybe that would have been his role. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's probably what he always wanted to do anyway, was just go up there and rake cause he can. So if that would have been the case, then, you know, there probably would have been some conversations of signing him and, you know, or signing him back and, and being like, Hey, you're going to be our DH. But, you know, there's guys that do this every year in some form or fashion, like, you know, waiting in the wings, like, okay, well, this guy gets hurt last week of spring training. You know, we need a hitter. Who's our guy. So I, I mean, for him, I don't think he should retire. If he does retire, he should wait till after spring training and maybe wait even, you know, after like maybe the first month, just in case, um, Cause he always told me and not personally, but he would say, I heard multiple conversations where he just needed a certain amount of at bats. Like once he got those certain amount of at bats in spring training, he knew he was ready. I don't know what it was. It could have been, you know, 20 or 60. I, I can't remember, but uh, he would say that and just be like, cause he knew himself. He just, Oh, I just need this man. And then he'd go back, you know, three fifty. So eh. yeah. <laughs> me, I'm like, yeah, I need like a hundred innings to get somebody out and strike out 20. So that's knowing myself. <laughs> So now it, it, it tell, be honest, where did you retire just because you were trying to beat Ryan Braun to the punch? Is that why you're just going for all the headlines? Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, no, I, like I said, uh, you know, as of, you know, maybe two weeks ago, I was still throwing bullpens, right? Like I was still getting ready for spring training. It wasn't something that, um, luckily, yeah, I wasn't, you know, I'm not hurt or anything. It's not like I hurt myself and I'm like, Oh, um, it was just an opportunity thing. So, yeah, I did beat him to the punch. And um, I don't know when he retires. I mean, people are going to be like, wait, what? What? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But when I retire, it's like, oh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm so, just kidding. <laughs> so you're not worried about your retirement being overshadowed by a Braun retirement? No, 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 no. I saw where Nick Markakis retired. I mean, that oh, guy's yeah. that guy's been sneaky awesome forever. I don't feel like he's ever gotten the recognition that uh, he deserved. And uh, it's good to see all the guys like you can see on Twitter, the people that follow him, uh, any, the biggest compliment, I think the biggest thing about retirement is you finding out 
um, all these, all these nice things from former teammates, you know, when, when they text you and they're like, dude, love being your teammate. This is awesome. That that's the ultimate compliment is, is getting the recognition from your peers. Um, and it's particular with Nick Marcakis. I mean, you can just see just a slew of stuff, uh, on social media of players going, how awesome is this guy? Uh, just happy to be around him, happy to know him, uh, happy to be his teammate. So that kind of stuff is great. You'd love to see it. Yeah. I think I saw he is like the fifth or sixth most games played in right field. Like it, insane. Like it, it just That's crazy. It, yeah. Kind of fully makes you realize just how long that guy was around and doing, like you mm-hmm. said, like underratedly good. Yeah. But consistent. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. like 280, 290, 300 or something, just about every single year. Like, like all of a sudden, yeah, like, oh, consistency yeah, is kind of getting, yeah, consistency is, 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 to me is, is really like should be higher rated than some of the other things. You know, there's a guy that can go out there and have one sneaky, awesome year. And then, oh, okay, well, we're just waiting for him to do that again. And it's like, if you look at the guy's graph, it's like maybe he's here and he spikes and then he's back to here. So, the, you know, what he's averaging is going to be, you know, in the middle of that or lower. Uh, but yes, he's been consistent his whole career like his numbers are pretty solid so i don't know i've always tried to do that myself not you know my, not trying to be like nick marquegas because i can't be but uh just as a pitcher like just you know if you're healthy you have a chance to pitch every day so you know what's that look like okay well you need to be ready to pitch every day and that makes you consistent in how you do stuff off the field and on the field and how you prepare so yeah consistency is huge you can't you know, you can't be out there unless you keep yourself healthy. And so that's a testament to him of you want consistency. You got to keep yourself healthy. For sure. And uh, with this last year, um, not having any sort of a regular minor league season, you ended up coming back to Milwaukee to play for the milkmen. And it's really kind of like, it's, it's kind of weird. Cause it's like when you're back pitching with the Brewers back in like 2011, 2012, I don't think like back then you were like as much of a fan favorite as you are now. Cause you know, the social media is really kind of, you know, taken off. Um, so it, it was really kind of your first chance, like back in front of fans in Milwaukee, you know, since then, and since kind of becoming famous, I guess, uh, if you want to call it that. Uh, but w- what was that like kind of playing in front no. of a, a Milwaukee <laughs> crowd again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was awesome. Um, you know, I've, I've reached a point now where I can, I can enjoy things maybe a little bit more. And when you're in the big leagues, like it's pretty stressful, especially at someone at my level where I'm like, this may be the last time I play, you know, this may be the last time. Like if I do bad, they're sending me down, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with everything that went on last year, just having a place to play and especially of all places in Milwaukee, um, at this point in my life, I just, I don't know if I've ever had so much fun. I was like, this is great. If I go out here and I do terrible, this team is so good. They're still going to win the championship. I'm not going to bother it, (laughs) but I do want to help it. So I was, I just, I had a blast. I had a blast with, um, just the whole, the whole thing. I mean, it was, I'm still surprised that they were allowed to play baseball in front of fans. Don't know how that happened. I think they did really well and it was a success, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty special time. And, you know, I'm still waiting on that ring. We did win. So I I haven't seen it yet. So (laughs) yeah, it's Dillard with two L's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how did that come to be? Did you reach out to them? Did they reach out to you? Like, how did that materialize? Yeah. So I got sent home. Um, and like this time last year, got sent home, everything got shut down. And um, when they did the 60 man player pool, 
I was with the Rangers. And I'm like, okay, well, I got a chance at being the 60 man thing. They've been keeping up with me. Like, Hey, you're throwing bullpens and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go. And then I wasn't one of the top 60 guys to go to this thing. And so there, you know, minor leagues was canceled. It's like, well, what do you do? So I got on the internet and just like, who's playing baseball. And I found the Milwaukee milkman, the American association. I was like, they're playing baseball and they're doing it in front of fans starting like July 3rd, maybe. So I, you know, I did the contact us on their website and uh, sent an email said, hi, my name's Tim. Uh, I'm a pitcher. And if you need a pitcher, please call me. Here's my phone number. Here's my email. And um, anyway, I didn't hear anything for like a month. And then uh, somebody reached out to me from the milkman and was like, Hey, you want to come pitch? And I'm like, yeah, you guys got my email. They're like, no, you didn't send an email. I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. So eventually they looked back and they did find an email. It went to spam folder. Is what they no. said. That's what they told me. Jeez. I was like, <laughs> "Bam!" I could have been here for two months, but I only got one month there. Uh, but yeah, that's how it happened. Basically, with social media, somebody you know, messaged me over Twitter and was like, "Hey, can you come?" And I was like, "I rolled off the couch, jumped in the car, uh, went and got a you know COVID test, and then just drove to Milwaukee." And <laughs> the first day when I pull up, I wasn't activated, but they needed a catcher. Their catcher had broken um, his foot. Their backup catcher. Mm. So I actually put catching gear on and i caught their guys in the bullpen before they went into the game so yeah see a need fill a need and then uh like the next day pitched and threw like 90 something pitches over like six innings so yeah i think we won maybe we didn't i, I don't know <laughs> but we won overall so yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a fun time it was challenging but at the same time i don't like i said i don't know if i've ever had so much fun <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so did, did a lot of those um guys are in and like playing independent ball, playing with the milkmen, were they just kind of trying to trying to pick your brain after, after playing so long in uh, the minors and the majors the whole time? Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe. I, I mean, maybe. it's almost it's it's the same thing with just talking baseball. I never really saw myself as you know being being having any uh, any wisdom to share, any value of my opinion matters until like 2014. I got picked up from independent ball and I went to Double A, and I quickly realized that I'm about six or seven years older than everybody else. And uh, so when we're in the bullpen and we're talking about stuff, you know, I, you know, you talk in the bullpen, you share stories and stuff. So I would be like, oh yeah. And I'd share a story and people actually would pay attention. And, you know, the way I am, I thought these punks are being sarcastic, <laughs> you know, asking me questions. I was like, but they really wanted to learn. Like they really had real questions on, on trying to get better and, into you know, what it looks like. Hey, you played play in the big leagues. Like, what does that look like? Tell us, you know, what do I need to do? What is this? And so um, I was like, wow, you guys are asking me that. You, you almost be very desperate, but yeah. Um, and so since that time, I didn't really know any better, but I kind of just, you know, where people would listen. I think it's the beard too. Once I grew the beard, people yeah. were just sitting around like, please tell us a story. Uh, <laughs> if you have a beard, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I, I know what you're uh, talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i wouldn't know I, what to say I'd i i'm like in awe of your glorious beards. Beards. Yeah. yeah you got to get on the wagon it's yeah. uh I, it's fun the beard I, it gives you everything you say it, it uh, makes it more important yeah that that's why i, can, I started the podcast <laughs> it's true yeah i can only yeah. physically get listen. about halfway there and then it just stops see the the key is not caring <laughs> gravity yeah yeah, you have to not. Care. <laughs> yeah, the, the the keys you just got to be willing to go four months. People, like, hey, how long have you been growing that beard? I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't even remember after... the last time I shaved. <laughs> um, that's a good thing though. Let oh, it go. Yeah. Let it run. Who cares? 
one one of the things uh, uh my wife is like you got to get rid of the beard you got to get rid of the hair you know it's just a lot and i would always tell her i'm like well i have a job I can actually look like this like eventually i'll have to have a job where i have to look presentable but until then you know this is how i'm gonna look right and she was like that's fine but that went on for like five or six years <laughs> <laughs> now she's like you're retired get rid of it <laughs> but here i'm like still we'll is. just wait and see we'll wait and see somebody maybe somebody needs the picture you never know i got my glove ready <laughs> yeah oh man so uh yeah um when it comes to like you know talking to like the, those minor league guys have you ever like helped with any of them getting their uh, call up to the big leagues like Rick Sweet or, or Warner Managers being like, hey, like I, I'm going to do, because I've heard, you know, like plenty of times that like managers have like, you know, punked their players as they're telling them they're going up to the big leagues or whatever, um, or done some sort of creative things. Have you ever had like, have you ever like participated in like a creative uh, call up? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. Maybe. It was funny when, when uh, Josh Hader got called up, he was sitting on the couch. Uh, I don't know if he was on his computer or something. And, and uh, Sweetie came in. We're all just sitting there. He gathered everybody. And he just wanted to let everybody, you know, talking. Because this is his first time going up. Uh, I don't think he ever came back. <laughs> but he was like, uh, he was like, uh, uh, Josh Hader going to the big leagues. Everybody, yeah, he always clapping. Ah, boy. And he's like, he's like, thanks, brothers. He's like, this is cool, man. And he's just sitting there. <laughs> he, was, he was like designing designing hats for his stricken outdoors company and i mean that was it he was just like oh cool thanks man yeah he's like playing on the computer and i just thought that's awesome like, like i don't know it just if if he would have like cried or gotten up and like hug like that wouldn't have been hater that was like the most hater thing ever. i loved it i loved it i'd make fun of him all the time and uh it was funny he was selling these hats in the clubhouse one time we're, we're locker mates so and hater comes in and was like, Hey man, making these stricken hats, uh, brother, uh, they're, they're $20. And I was like, Oh, cool. I was like, sure, man, I'll, I'll buy one. You know, next time we get meal money, I'll buy, I'll buy your hat, dude. And, um, uh, what was funny is like, after he left, we would make fun. We'd be like, Hey brother, I got this stricken hat. It's only $19, you know, but it's a $1 tax, $20 brother, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah. So, rolls around i don't know how many years go by i see a hater again and he asks me if i have any of these beanies that i wear that has my little my little logo on it and i was like yeah i actually got one he's like oh how much are those beanies brother i'm gonna buy one and i was like yeah i was like brother it's 19 dollars. it's just one dollar tax <laughs> <laughs> so yes josh hater has one of my beanies yeah <laughs> I, can't, I can't stop laughing you josh hater impression. oh yeah brother I'm, I, He's awesome, man. We get yeah. a lot. We pick up right where we leave off every time. I could, I could hang around him all the time. He's great. Oh. Oh. You definitely broke David there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, because like I've seen the interviews, it's like that's totally what he sounds like. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, brother, a, this guy is probably looking for like a slider. So I just did a fastball, 110. He, he couldn't even. I was like, whoa, he swung a miss. Yeah. I'm just like, it's genius. Throw harder. Mm. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Here I am oh trying God. to throw slower over 20 years. <laughs> yeah, brother, just rear back and throw it. Yeah. Uh, that's what happens. You just adapt to these, you know, your, your teammates. You just, you know, their tendencies and 
I don't know. Some of the best ones are the ones that just, they have a personality. They, they don't even know it because they're not trying to be like anybody else. They can only be mm-hmm. themselves. And those are like Prince Fielder, just CC Sabathia. Like some of these guys, they don't know any better than to just be awesome. They're awesome on the field. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just incredible teammates, just incredible people that um, you don't see for a long time. And then all of a sudden, you know, they remember you and they're telling stories. You remember this? And you're just like, aren't you going to the Hall of Fame? Isn't that you? Why are you? How do you remember me? And but that's what awesome people are. That's what they do. So, do you have any other uh, teammates that you do strong impressions of besides uh, Josh Hader? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, I usually have more. I usually make fun of more coaches, you know, behind their backs until they find out. Uh, <laughs> one time. <laughs> One time uh, we were having a team meeting in spring training and anytime something happens, I mean, it is just like, Dillard, go do something. And I'm just like, God. so sometimes, most of the time I just try to hide. I just hide in the corner and then they, I get ripped out. Hey, do something funny. Um, and so one time we had this meeting, we're about to do it and something happened and Ron Renicky had to leave the clubhouse. It was probably 2011 or 12. So Ron like left the clubhouse, like had to leave the room and we're just kind of sitting there. Everybody's kind of just waiting. And, um, I forgot who it was. Maybe it was council. I can't remember, but oh, it could have been Latroy. But anyway, these guys are like, Dillard, get up there. I'm like, what? They're like, get up there, do something. I was just like, dang it. <laughs> I, I wore this jersey that has my name on the back. Idiot. Um, so I get up there and I'm just like, you know, and I grab, you know, Ron's clipboard and I'm all like, I'm like, I forgot. How's his voice go? <laughs> uh, it's good, guys. It's good. How's spring going? How's spring going? You guys doing good? <laughs> Everything looks good. This is good. I'm glad we're doing good. And like everyone starts laughing. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, hey, Ricky, how you doing good? How you feeling? You look good. You look good yesterday. You look good. It had a couple of good at bats. Looked real good. How are we doing? We doing good? And I'm just going around the room and I'm just ripping on everybody. And we're having a good time. A good. It was a good time. And then uh like everyone kind of stops laughing and I turn around and Ron had walked back into the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> and i mean it was just like i saw my whole career just completely <laughs> disappearing <laughs> but it was so funny like he there's nothing he could do he was just like uh, what's going on in here is everything good and like everyone's rolling <laughs> um, anyway anyway i feel really bad but he was cool with it he didn't care he it's the idea of being able to understand that you know this is this is what you do you got to you know, to keep each other sane in in the groundhog day, that's baseball. Uh, you need to break it up. So anyway, I feel really bad. I should apologize. <laughs> Ron Renicky, no. if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. <You're right. laughs> yeah. If you see him, you tell him, I feel really bad about that, but it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, that's the key thing. I feel really bad. It was kind of awful, but it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. You hear that a lot. It's strange in a clubhouse. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that probably shouldn't have happened, but it was hilarious. <laughs> I think last last summer when and the Brewers did a great job, I think, of making summer camp um, really fun for the viewers. And was it was it Suter who did the Ed Cedar impression? Yes, yes. Brent oh Suter did the Ed Cedar impression. God, that do you was... have an Ed Cedar impression? Yes. Oh Billy? yeah. Oh yeah. So me and Eddie go way back. He was actually, I've known Eddie for about over thirty years. Actually, oh wow. He was a uh, player coach with my dad 
in South Bend, Indiana with the White Sox in 1988. And uh, so he, he was my manager for the first time in 2003, I got called up to Helena and he was the manager there. So I haven't seen the guy in, I mean, what, what's the math on that? I have no idea. Uh, uh, like 18 years, 18 years, 18. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and I didn't really remember him because I was like, which guy was he? You know, you, I didn't have like a phone where I could just look him up. I was like, which, which guys I can't remember. And so I walk into this, you know, the stadium or whatever I'm looking around. And I'm, so I like, well, I gotta go find him. So I walk into the clubhouse and I hear this. Hey, Timmy, how we doing? And I look around, I'm like, holy crap. I totally remember him. I was flooded with like all these images from when I was a kid. Um, Cause he's so just, you know, his voice is so distinct, but yeah, I used to, that used to be what I would, would do is get, you know, run meetings in the minor leagues as Ed uh, in spring training. How's, how's everyone doing today? If you're five, <laughs> if you're five minutes earlier, 10 minutes late. Uh-huh. So Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've actually interviewed Ed a few times, but um, he's a classic. Man, oh, that guy's yeah. awesome. But yes, uh, Suter is, is what I wanted to be. Does that make sense? Like, I, <laughs> I still feel like I can reach that, but I can't quite do it. He's on another level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Suter's Twitter game isn't quite the same, though. So at least he got that going no. for you. Well, he's busy. He's busy being a big league pitcher. I mean, I can see how that would. <laughs> I'm trying to look on the bright side here, Tim. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll help him. He can hire me as an intern. I'll help him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, get a cut of that salary. <laughs> yeah. Hook me up, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, brother, you want to sell hats for me in the parking lot, brother? Uh, absolutely, I will, hater. You got it, brother. <laughs> Uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> oh, I'm going to listen to this on repeat for days. I, I hope he does. <laughs> He's probably going to just... text me and be like, what are you doing, brother? <laughs> well, that's how I read text messages from people like, like Suter. Like I get a text from Suter. It's like, he's like, Timmy D. What's up, Timmy D? What's going on? You know, that's how he, that's how I read his text message. It's never just like my voice in my head. It's always their voices. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, uh, I don't even know. All right, what else? Like, what else you got? What else you got? Yeah, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. It's late. It's so late. Oh yeah. Um, I think that's a that might be a good spot to end it there on the on the Josh Hader impression. Read his text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go to stricken.com. Yeah, I don't know if that's his website or not. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tim Dillard, uh, thank you so much uh, for coming on uh, this week on the podcast. That was, that was so much fun, man. Well, we could probably talk for for however about you know stories and and doing impressions or whatever. But uh, <laughs> thank you so much for for taking the time and talking to us. Yeah, yeah, guys. Never anytime, man. I'm I'm usually not doing much, and I have a recently have a lot of time on my hands since I've retired. So <laughs> just let me know. All right, I'll yeah, we'll we'll have to have you on again for sure, and uh, uh, maybe get some more some more impressions. And yeah, yeah, you you, yeah. Sn- you snagged roles as a repeat guest there. Congratulations. Yeah, well, verbal commitment is yeah. uh, verbal commitment <laughs> legally oh. binding in the state of Wisconsin and Tennessee. So we're good. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, official friend of the podcast now, uh, Tim Dillard. Um, so Tim. 
Uh, thank you so much for coming on and uh, thank you everyone for, for listening to the Cold Brew Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and I don't know how you wouldn't have, uh, please leave a five-star rating and review for us. I would really appreciate it. Help us out. You can find us on Twitter at coldbrew underscore pod, and you can find our blog site at Reviewing the Brew. You can follow each of us personally. I am at dgasper24. Matt is at mkematt13. And Tim is, of course, at dimtillard on Twitter, so be sure to follow all of us. Uh, thank you for listening to this edition of the Cold Brew Podcast, and uh, we've enjoyed having you on, and we'll see you next week for another episode of the Cold Brew Podcast.